Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 48, and we are going strong through this whole quarantine and um, social distancing that we are all doing. I feel like when we're going to look back at this time, you know, several years later, somebody's going to listen to this episode and be like, man, that was crazy. We're all stuck in our homes forever. Um, But the nice thing is that I will still be turning out episodes and actually I will be turning out another one in the next couple of days. So I'm going to um, add an extra one here, uh, you know, until all this is done. So I think I'll be doing two a week for the next couple weeks just because I have a little bit more time um, and there are more topics that I wanted to talk about such as uh, staying motivated during times like this, home workouts, how the, how does that look? So I have a couple guests that are going to be joining me and helping you all maybe feel a little bit more motivated and not feel so isolated um, and, you know, I know how it is. Doing home workouts uh, can suck, especially if you don't have weights. You know, there's only so much you can do. Um, I've leg pressed my couch before. Not a joke. I really did. So uh, just know that if you are out there and you are feeling down, you are not alone. I get tons of questions um, from other ladies just saying, you know, like, I don't even know how to stay motivated through this all. And just know that you are not alone through this. And we will get through this. Um, but it is important that we are all safe. So breaking it down to really talk about challenges and not letting anything stop you, I have a special guest with with me today. It's Miss Kim Wilson, all the way from Mississippi. And Kim, uh, as you can probably tell from the title, is a master's lifter. Now, the most amazing thing about Kim that I had no idea until we really started talking was the way that she takes on challenges. And you'll hear that she started off doing trail runs. So her husband, um, who also seems to have the same crazy mind as him, takes on these trail runs and not just like, hey, we're going to do a 5K, maybe a 10K. No, this girl did a 50K. Like who starts off with that? Kim does. Anyways, she transitions over the years to several different styles of training. Um, and she goes, you know, she's very humble and real down to earth when, when she starts talking. So you don't even realize where her fitness journey goes, but it is amazing. So you're going to have to stick to the end. She tells us all about how she trains with rheumatoid arthritis, um, osteoporosis, all the things that does come along as we age. So uh, you want to stick around to hear Kim's story. It is truly inspirational. And this podcast is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance, where we live through strength. And if you are looking for online training, somebody who's going to be there, help guide you through your programming, through your technique, um, I'm your girl. So if that's something you're interested in, uh, you can drop us a message at Heidi at the Futures Female Powerlifting.com. You can also DM me through our Instagram. I have a couple different handles and they will be in the show notes, but it, it is Future is Female Powerlifting as well as Core SP, and that is my gym. Uh, even if you don't want to train, come follow because I like to put on um, not only repost other inspirational women on my Instagram, but also like to put little tips and tricks and other things that other coaches put out that I feel are very helpful for 
for anybody just starting out. So if you're interested in training, you can uh, get set up and we can call and talk about it. And like I always said, this show doesn't grow if it wasn't for every single one of you who every time you watch, um, every time you listen to the show, you share it and you take a snapshot and you put it on your story or you put it on your post. Those things totally help us grow because, you know, like the sport of powerlifting, it grows by word of mouth. And so if something that uh, is on the show really helps you, please Take a moment and share it on your page, share it in your story, tag me in it, and I will repost it. I love, love, love seeing anything uh, that you really enjoy, parts of the show that resonate with you. And if you have a few minutes, take a few minutes out and rate us on iTunes, or you can head over to our Facebook and just let me know how you feel about the show. It really, really helps. Now, let's get into it with Kim. Oh, yes. I, I will probably see him tonight for bench heavy bench what you guys got going on today so do you do uh do you do like a conjugate style no okay <laughs> that's what probably what uh, kind of a hybrid conjugate style is what i started out with okay but my coach is is Joe, jeff douglas is who is training me now okay and so we have very set protocol but joe usually comes in on friday nights and benches with us oh, okay nice yeah i see I, I always watch his videos he's so strong joe is just a strong dude he is very strong. And I see a Florida State in the background, so I know y'all have that in common then. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's so funny. My husband's a huge Florida State fan. And uh, I had posted something about Florida State one time. and Or he had posted it anyways, and then we made the connection. Yeah, he, my husband's huge. I guess. I, I I thought it was weird until I moved to Alabama, and then I realized everybody is like a huge, you know, like Alabama is crazy here. And Oh, yeah. My daughter's she, in Mobile, so oh, okay. I understand. Yeah, so like my uh, one of our members, she wears. I mean, she has shoes, and I thought it was weird. Like, who would get, you know, college shoes? Everybody gets college shoes in Alabama. <laughs> you got socks, you got underwear, you got hair clips, you got everything you would want. I never, I never realized it, but yeah. So, anyways, I had bought shoes for my husband, and I thought it was kind of crazy, but it ended up being very sane when you're in a place like this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to thank you for joining me because. I have had so many requests for people who are like, you know, what about us master's lifters? And I think it's important that you actually started when you were in your 40s, right? And Correct. You, and yeah, and I, so I read that article that you did, um, the interview you did with Girls Who Powerlift, and I thought that was kind of crazy. I'm going to put this out here. Like, you have to be a little crazy to do a 50K as like a starting off to your fitness <laughs> with your husband, I think it's, it, and then go into powerlifting, both, you know, CrossFit, powerlifting, both are all sort of the extreme measures of fitness. And so tell me a little bit about that. So you decided to do a 50 K with your husband because, because you wanted to get back in shape. Is that what started it all? My husband will decide different things he wants to try. So he started out with trail running and if he's going to do something, He's going to go full out. So he went on and signed up for the 50K and stump jump in Chattanooga, which yes. is an extreme one. And I didn't want to be left out. So I said, well, I'm going to train with you. And I actually signed up. They have a shorter race. I can't remember how many kilometers it is. I signed up for it. Okay. And then my running was going fairly well. And I said, well, I just want to see if I can do it. And so I ended up <laughs> signing up for the 50K also. That's crazy. It was crazy. So crazy, crazy. you were like halfway done almost and you got a stress fracture. Right. I, I think I actually 
in training the stress fracture, I could, I started feeling something, mm. but I'm very type A and think I can push through. I think part of the having the RA, you're used to pushing through yeah. or living with a little bit of pain. Right. So I pushed through and, or tried to push through and they had, uh, at certain points you had to be there before a certain time or that was, you know, the end of your race. So at mile 19 at the top, felt like the top of the mountain. That's when I got pulled. Uh, it was myself. Several other people had cars waiting because they did not make the time cut off. But the the ones of us that didn't have cars up there have a ride. Uh, they put in a van and drove us down. Wow. And so did your husband finish? Oh, he did. He finished. And uh, like the next year improved his time by like two hours. Two hours. <laughs> Wow, oh, yes. that's impressive. So he did take the cutoff. Yes. And so he continued to trail run. You continued as well, correct? Yeah. Okay, I so- did. I, I continued to train. I uh, did various races. Uh, did not do that one with him. We decided that my next 50K would be a little bit um, milder. So I actually did one out from Oxford, Alabama. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know where that is. Yep. And it's it, the course is part of one of the uh, one where they have a hundred miler that they do every year. Jeez. And they only did it for one year. That was the only year they did the 50 K there. And wow. I was able to complete it. Course ended up at, <laughs> afterwards with had another stress <laughs> fracture. But I finished, <laughs> beat all my time trials with it. And uh, that was, I just, I knew when I didn't finish the first one. I was going to finish one before, before I died. Right. Like <laughs> you had to redeem me. yourself kind of thing. I really did. It yeah. Was, to me, it was like the ride of shame going down the mountain in a van. <laughs> you know, I've heard the same thing about people who have uh, done marathons where there is a cutoff time and you kind of have to be careful on the cutoff time. And yeah, because everybody else is still doing their thing and you're being taken back <laughs> to the, to the area. That's interesting. So what, what makes, I can see that you and your husband have very similar personalities in the sense of maybe what you like to do for fitness, because those are extreme. Like, uh, you know, most people would probably do like a group class at the Y or <laughs> try something a little bit more easy, but you guys went tr- straight for the trail run. So you continued on trail running and running in general. And then what made you kind of change over to powerlifting? Well, what happened, we would have different various injuries. He, he never ended up with a stress fracture, but different things, nagging injuries. So a runner friend of ours that did distance running said, Hey, I joined this gym and just to get everything stronger, told them about, you know, what I was doing and, you know, have them help me programmed, get my, what we call it, getting our undercarriage stronger. Yeah. Everything based towards running. Right. So that's, we started with that and it wasn't an actual CrossFit box, but it was, you know, like a functional fitness gym. Right. And so that was my introduction to the barbell. And I, absolutely loved learning you know deadlifts were my absolute favorite right and then of course we did olympic lifting too clean jerk snatches that sort of thing yeah oh that's awesome so that's so really you were just trying to get stronger for your running get stronger for my running so when did that transition happen (laughs) i kept ending up with stress fractures and orthopedists would say you really don't need to keep this pounding you know keep the pounding even though i was running trail very rarely ran on pavement you really need to take a step back and think about something else and about that time you we were starting to see local kind of crossfit competitions come up yeah so 
my husband's very competitive and we decided, <laughs> okay, we'll sign up for one. And it, it was the three, three of us, all three runners, uh, ended up doing it. That's so crazy. Well, it, I think you have to have very- that mindset, you know, cause you're already in like extreme of running and then you're going to go into sort of like an extreme of exercise, you know, like competing in CrossFit is really, it, to me is in the extreme measure. So is powerlifting. And so did you love it after that? I did love it. At that point, though, there weren't that many, like, they didn't have uh, age grouping, like, for masters. You didn't see that like you do now. Right. And, like, my first competition, I was, uh, you know, I worked very hard. I ended up coming in third. Wow. But everybody there, I think, except maybe one, was younger than my daughter. <laughs> at oh, the wow. Time. So you're competing against, you know, you have a few strikes against you. But I had a really good time. It was definitely addictive. And we did several, you know, we've did a lot of other competitions after that. He did more than I did. Um, and and so, like I said in the article, I, I won some, lost some, <laughs> came, yeah. you know, came in last at one. Yeah. Um, all sorts of things. Yeah. I mean, the, you never know who's going to show up to those things either. You know, like who's going to be your competition. Like you said, like probably now you see a lot more masters lifters um, you, in CrossFit, right? You do. And the last competition I did, I was signed up. There was a master, supposed to be a master's grouping. And there were going to be three of us females and the other two did not show up. Mm. So they said, we put you in scaled women. And if I thought about it, I'd have said, no, put me in with the uh, master's men. Because I would have done just... Look at that. I love that. All right with the men. I'll just go with the master's men. <laughs> I liked, but that's the gusto you got to have when you're doing that kind of stuff. So what, so when did that happen that you're like, you know what? I actually prefer powerlifting over CrossFit. I just come off the, uh, the, it was the first year CrossFit did the CrossFit open scaled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a really good time with the scaled and we'd actually made it through a long period of time without any kind of injury and my husband had been after me probably for about probably for about two years before he'd shown me a video because I honestly did not know women powerlifted I mean I'd heard of it I knew guys did in high school I had never heard a female powerlifter and he showed me a video on YouTube but it probably wasn't the right video to show me because it was very um uh, it was kind of scary oh <laughs> uh, right and, or kind of, and I thought in the weights they were lifting and I looked at him and I knew what I could do at the gym. And I'm like, I, I can't do, you know, anywhere what they were doing crazy amounts. And he, he kept kind of saying, I really think you'd be good at this. I really think you'd be good at this. And he got the coach at that gym, um, a trainer to say, why don't you just try it this summer? And so not knowing anything about it, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all out. I signed up for three meets in three months, <laughs> two different federations and a state games. Oh so my gosh, this is hilarious. Like you are, I love it. You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like who does that? That's so funny. Well, I knew I had to pay the money, join the two different federations or I'd back out because the whole thing wearing a singlet. Just... <laughs> Isn't that funny how that is like the one thing for almost everybody. It's like, like I didn't really care too much because I did bodybuilding. You're up in there and like barely anything, but in a singlet, still like who lifts in something so fitted and and tight, you know? And it's definitely one of those things that I think. But once you get over it, then it's like ah, eh, nobody cares what you look like, you know? It's like nobody gives a crap. 
So you, wow. So you signed up for three meets. How, when was the first meet from the time that you signed up? How far away was it? The open finished in March, probably signed up, decided to do it around the 1st of April. So I was still doing competitive CrossFit training and then throwing in some extra powerlifting with that. That's so (laughs) crazy. And so once you started going into powerlifting, did you continue with CrossFit? I, once I was hooked after that first meet, totally hooked. So what, what, what was it about the first meet that made you like really hooked? I don't, I think I gained more confidence completing that first meet than I had ever in my whole life, whether it was doing a CrossFit competition, finishing a 50 K, just getting up there, getting so out of my comfort zone yeah. and the crowd support. See that first meet was a USPA meet. So yeah. like our mutual friend, Joe Keith was there, the people, the crowd support, they, I didn't know any of these people. Now it was a local gym, but I didn't know anybody there. Right. And there were some, I mean, incredibly strong women there. Uh, Kimmy Brooks, Caitlin is from New York. I mean, Tazzy, these are women that were like squatting three, four plus hundred pounds. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not in the right place. Yeah. I, you know, but the crowd yelled for me just like they did for everybody else. Right. I, I don't know. It was just, it was like just such a high, the support and then getting a PR, um, on each of my lifts. I mean, it was just an amazing experience. I was just hooked. And I mean, it's in, you don't have to, (laughs) the meets are over with so fast, like a cross fit competition goes on all day. If you're trail running all day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's true because it would be longer than a powerlifting meet. Oh yes. Yeah. And that's some CrossFit competitions are two days, things like that. That's right. Some of them are two days. Mm-hmm. And they're exhausting and, and very hard on the body. I mean, you just see ice tanks everywhere <laughs> for afterwards. And so, so, so you did your first meet, you got hooked. So then you had two lined up and that's when you started to switch into like more of a powerlifting style training. Did you hire a coach at that point to help you with that? I stayed with the same trainer. Uh, he was, had, of course, never worked with a powerlifter. He was pulling stuff. I think we used something from uh, Mark Bell. He pulled something off the internet, some different things like that. Yeah. And by the time I finished the third meet, and it had been, I realized, okay, I need some help with the temps. You know, my husband was helping me all he could, but he was doing, you know, the CrossFit stuff. Um, and he has switched now into also strongman Olympic lifting, but that was more his background. Right. Um, we, we didn't know anything. He had never powerlifted in high school or anything. Right. So by the, after the third meet, uh, I planned an, a big out of town meet, so to say all the way to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> which is <laughs> three hours from where I live. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I said, I, if I'm doing this, if I'm spending the money going out of town, I need to have some help with attempts. So I went back and to the gym where I'd competed twice and was like, can I hire somebody to help me with that? And Jeff Douglas, who's now my coach for several years would work with me like once a month or right before meet and watch me and then plan my attempts. And I always did a phenomenal job with that. And so was this the Alabama state championships in Tuscaloosa? It was something that Charlie, um, Charlie put on and 
it was always in October. That's all I remember. Oh, the one, one in on October. Every, yeah. Um, the strong ink puts on. I forget what it's called, but yes, I know which one you're talking about. I'm trying to think if I was even around. I don't think I moved here yet because you're. that's probably what, 2017? That would have been 2015. 2015, yeah. October 2015. Yeah, I didn't move here yet. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. So you're now you're hooked into this. Now, what I thought was interesting, and now that you're saying about your stress fractures and um, you you battle with osteoporosis and rheumatoid arthritis, correct? Correct. And so how was that for you training-wise? Do you have to manage it? through medication how have you seen any differences with powerlifting and your arthritis with with powerlifting and my arthritis it, I, it's one of those things that i have to make sure i get enough rest mm. watch my nutrition my flu rest is very important and i'm on some strong i'm on you know the strong biologics i'm on embryo i'm on areva um i'm on relevant so i'm on th- you know three drugs the Embryo is just a shot once a week. You see the commercials all the time yeah. for that. Yeah. But the others I take daily. Wow. And and how has that been for you training with art? Do you feel it, you know, or does the medication kind of keep it at bay? Most of the time the medication keeps it at bay. I can tell if I get under too much stress, not enough rest. It's almost like you could feel a flare is going to come on and you back off. Okay. So what does your training look like? Does it look any different or do you kind of take that time when you feel like, all right, I, I've been really stressed at home. Uh, my training's been really hard. I'm not going to train tomorrow like I'm supposed to do. I'm going to take more days off. Do you, do you do stuff like that or is your program already made to be like maybe only two, three days of training? I actually train five days a week. Oh, you're he, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does a program for most of his lifters. It's four days a week. Yeah. But I felt like it was too much on me. Gotcha. So, so you we, broke it up into we five. We stretched it out to five days a week. Gotcha. Okay. And so it's more. So I don't do as much in a day as, like he now, my husband's now powerlifting and he has a four day a week program and all the other people I live with have four day. That's programs. so crazy. And so now your husband's powerlifting, no, no strong man right now, no trail runs. Oh no, he's no right trail running, but he's got a strong man coming up and a Highland Games coming up. <laughs> oh, are you guys going to do the one? Do you guys do the ones with uh, the Micahs? John and yes. them? Okay. I've been wanting to come. I've never been. Um, to, April. The, need to come in April and watch that. That's going to be a lot you of know, fun. It's, I think you guys have it at the end of April. And uh, we have Charlie's Meet, which I have a lot of lifters doing in the beginning uh, of April. And so it's kind of hard for me with the family because I can only take off, you know, so many days like – right. the kids and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I've been wanting to come so bad because – they're awesome. Like I watch John and Amanda. Amanda's so stinking strong. And one day I want to do that. But I, I always say like I'm a little vertically challenged. I'm not very big and it's not in my favor for a lot of these throwing things, you know, um, probably a little better for strong men, but not the the Highland Games. But so your husband is doing he's still continuing to do all that. He is. And he, he is. He I bet he loves it. He loves it. And he's he's better probably at strong man. He's usually wins or places at that at, at our local ones howling games for him he's a little vertically challenged also so <laughs> <laughs> and we have some big guys that come show up for that i bet i mean you i most highland game people are just big in general mm-hmm, you know like are. you never like i've now i see more strongman competitors that are females that are smaller because they have a smaller class but 
really, you know, they're really, really strong. It might be small, but normally with Highland, man, I, I don't see anybody that's really, maybe the starting strongman guy, um, Beck, what is his first name? He's not, he's not huge, huge, but he's a, he's a stocky guy, but he's super strong. Um, so what do you think is like, you know, whenever I have, uh, my mature listeners, they always talk to me, you know, like, what are some of the things that is different for you? Uh, maybe being a mature lifter, like what is, what are some things that you did differently? Like one, you change your program. So it's five days a week. Is there other things that you do, maybe nutrition or your sleep and recovery? I definitely, I mean, I'm a big believer in lots of sleep and that's one of the reasons I taught 27 years, but I knew that I really wanted to go to the next level with my lifting. And I thought it's, there's just too much stress. There's not enough time to, to work out like I want to. Right. Because I wanted to be the best teacher I could be, the best wife I could be, best lifter I could be. And there just weren't enough hours in the day. Yeah. And so after 27 years, I thought, okay, it's it's time, you know, you can go home. And that way you can train, maybe do something a little bit part-time and get plenty of rest. And that's what's worked for me. I also am a big believer in uh, using a chiropractor and big believer in that. And then I've got an incredible PT, too, that. Uh, you know, we use the cupping, the dry needling, all the different things to help with recovery. So you're, yeah, that's true. So you're using a lot of different, uh, maybe holistic ways of recovery for your body. And I think when you start training five days a week too, I mean, that's super important. So, I mean, rest is like so underrated. I think that people are always like, well, rest, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of thing, but not realizing that if you're training a lot that you need, that's the first thing that needs to be um, grounded first. And so now, so now you're working part-time. Do you sleep more now? Is that the, Oh, I do. I come home home every day and take a little siesta. There you go. And and then there's a lot of times I'm in bed eight o'clock, eight 30. That's awesome. (laughs) Because we're getting up at four 30 or five. Okay. I was just going to say, if you wake up really early, then I can see that. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to wake up. If I could wake up at four 30, it'd be amazing. But I wake up at five by the time my brain registers to get out of the bed, it's 5.15. Uh, so my husband's almost already out the door <laughs> because he teaches classes. And so he's like, he's up super, super early. But yeah, I think that's one of the the biggest things. So you like, what do you like the most with those? Do you like dry needling, cupping, or do you do any of the, the grass in or the gua sha stuff or any of the scraping stuff on your body? I've had scraping before and I liked it. Yeah. I really, but the the dry needle and the cupping helped the most. I mean, obviously the massage and anodyne and all the different things they've got at PT are nice, but most of the time that dry needling just automatically, instantaneously feels better. So what do you dry needle the most for you? I'm sorry. Is there a spot that you dry needle the most? <laughs> they ask me, what are we working on today, Miss Kim, when I walk in? <laughs> uh, hamstring's a big one, oh, and bet. I've had a lot of shoulder issues, so okay. arm and shoulder. How is, and maybe you can describe a little bit, is it, does it, is it painful for you? Because some people say like, oh, it's the most painful thing ever, and then some people are like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not bad at all. Okay. Now, th- certain spots are a little bit more tender than others, like the bottom of your foot or your Oh, the knee's a little bit more tender, but oh. any, any of the other spots do, don't bother me. Those spots sound awful to have a knee. In, I mean, a needle in, I just, just thinking about that sounds awful. 
that goes back to more of the running. <laughs> right. Okay. So you probably had uh what is it? Uh, fascial plantar fasciitis yes. and all that kind of stuff. They had to do different things. Oh gosh, that's awful. Okay. So you're what about your nutrition? How are you uh how are you keeping your nutrition? Is it easier now that you're not working? Definitely. Okay. Definitely cuz the teacher, it's like I, I heard listening to you with Leah. Uh, there's always food in the break room. There's yeah. always kids bringing you stuff, um, yeah. trying to bribe you, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I just had it where in my mindset, you just can't have that. And they finally, most of the time would learn by the end of the year, the kids and the different teachers don't ask her. She's not going to want anything like that. Yeah. Um, John Micah that you mentioned, you know, he's a nutritionist. Yeah. Owns the gym. And so he does mine. He's, oh, wonderful. And I just try to follow my macros. So I'll stay not too far away from my weight class. Wonderful. And you compete in the 148? I have competed for 60, 63, 67.5, and as a 72. Oh, I really? I was a small, small 72. Okay. I just, but I would go back and forth because our gym, we have USPA and USAPL. Correct. And yeah. we hold both meets. And it would save me, a, you know, it was before I belonged to that gym, but it would save me a hotel room. So I'd compete at both federations. So I was just a really small 72. But you and know, I'd always weigh under sixty-seven point five. Right. <laughs> and now I'm a sixty-three. Okay. Yeah, that's like that's me right now. But I compete in the sixty, and I'm like, maybe right. I'm just gonna have to, you know. But I'm just competing at where I'm at at this point because I haven't been able to really sort of uh, keep it consistent. I just stay at one forty. Like one forty is just like my normal. And if I try to drop down, it takes a lot of effort. <laughs> and a lot. A lot of effort, and I don't want you. to. <laughs> That's what the my last two USPA meets, I thought, well, if I can compete as a 63, let's see if we can be a 60. Right. And that was very hard on me. Oh, cut, yeah. You're pretty lean, too. Yeah, you're pretty lean, too. That's like, you know, it's not like you got, I got more fat than you. You know, like I got more room to, to lose, but you're pretty lean. Like I've seen you. That's got to be hard. I took a picture of my abs because <laughs> I was so proud of my abs right before weigh-in for my 60 kilos. That's always <laughs> a great one, right? You're like, yes, this will be gone tomorrow. By the it, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, But you were asking about the RA. I did yes. want to point out one thing uh, for the different, anybody that could be listening with osteoporosis. Uh, I got diagnosed like my mid-late 30s. And, you know, they came out with the drug reclass. It's once a year. They give by, it's like a drip they gave once a, would give once a year. And we saw a lot of progress with that. And once I started the heavy powerlifting, you get the bone scans every two years. Yeah. My doctor could not believe the difference. Yeah. I've now been declared cured of osteoporosis. That is amazing. And we've now gone uh, two, maybe three years now without the reclass and I'm still improving because of the heavy lifting. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the My biggest bone, things because I did the bone scans every two years. Yeah. So, they, like, and that's the one thing that they always, um, I think people forget that the medication can help, but the one thing that causes your bones to be more dense is to weight train, you know, and, right. and causing more outside stress to the bone, the bone will have to rebuild. And the more weight you're going to put on that, it'll just keep rebuilding. Um, but that is amazing. To, did you, would you, and you probably weren't building bone density running. No, no, no. Probably the opposite at certain points. It you was, would think some, sometimes I, some people I've heard of because of the pounding, 
that can help build to a point. But if you're having stress fractures, that's definitely something telling your, you know, saying that your bones are not dense enough, right? So they're, they're breaking under load. That must have been a great experience to hear that. It was. And he, he said I was the only one that he's had so far. He's had people that he could, like, take a year off from the medication but have to go back on. Um, have not been able to totally, but we've now gone. It's either, I think it's three years now without it. Wow, and it's still improving. It's still improving. Spine and the hips are both still improving. Okay, so is that how they do it? They take a picture of your spine and your hips and kind of see the, the density from there? Mm-hmm, and then compare it to the two years before and, and so on. That's a big, big thing. You know, we're only going to get older, and my grandmother pretty much died, you know, my great grandmother pretty much died from falling and injuring herself. And they say that that's definitely something that, you know, Asian women tend to have very, you know, osteoporosis runs with a lot of Asian women. And so I remember seeing pictures of my great grandmother with a crack on her head. She broke her hip, she broke her leg, you know, and it's just one of those things that if we can continue to strength train that just like you, I mean, it'll have great effects. So right now, what are your what are your best lifts? <laughs> we, you know, I went, I went, I've moved into geared lifting. What? That is awesome. Lots of have been geared lifting. So tell me about that. <laughs> what what made you do that? The shoulder injury, not being able to bench as much as what I could bench and stuff, and we mm-hmm. thought, well, we'll try bench shirt once I got it rehabbed, and I loved all the. Uh, war wounds and being able to lift a little bit more weight (laughs) and it felt like it was easier on my body on my joints I don't know it just felt the recovery seemed so much faster than with the raw yeah I did a bench only in March of last year and so I was trying to decide with my coach when's my next meet and I knew he was going to open Nats USAPL open nationals in May and was taking some lifters and I said well can I go to that and in the back of my mind, I knew that they, some people would compete, you know, with not full gear on. And uh, he said, well, sure. And then we were able to, we tried everything and got me in a suit, <laughs> two suits actually, got me in a shirt and ended up get, going, I think I got, I got all my, I got one eight for nine. Wow. So I was, I was thrilled and then got an invitation to go to South Africa for worlds. Oh my gosh. So when is that? That was, that was uh, last October. So that okay. was my second equip meet. That was fa- It's okay. What were your numbers? I ended up, I got a, I got the golden bench, but my shoulder had given back out. I think it was only, I only benched 170 something in, in bench, I, whatever my opener was supposed to be ended up being my third. Okay. There was enough for gold that day. Um, 297 on squat and then ended up with some it issues and three, 341 was all I got on deadlift. So didn't get to put it all together. I'd had much better meet in May where I ended up with 385 on deadlift and wow a little bit higher on, I'm trying to remember what I got on bench, a little bit higher on bench too. That is fantastic. So how is the shoulder now? Are you training with the gear for the most part? Are you training raw for the most part? We switched up for some reason. It's when I back squat, it, it bothers the shoulder. Yeah. The me too. back. So we train with a different type bar, the SSB or the camera bar for yep. two months. And then we are easing back, we've eased back into it. And so far everything's going well. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, that's that's the same thing with me. Whenever I have a straight bar, it's either my shoulder or my hip. So I, <clears throat> using things like, um, I want to use the bowed bar. You know the the nice mm -hmm. rounded bars because I heard those feel really great if you have like a shoulder issue going on because kind of like the cambered it's lower you're able to hold it in this lower position so that's great so you went right into gear it's funny because I see this this trend of trying something crazy and let me just try something even more crazy and let's add on to that and like make it more challenging. Like what else can you do to make it even more challenging? Um, and so gear, so how do you like it? Do you like training in it? Oh, I love it. Once you get into the gear, <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's the most work is getting the, the suits on. So tell me about how you like to get into the gear. Cause I think a lot of the listeners probably have never one seen anybody get into gear and two never been into gear themselves. What were some of the things that you, uh, we're surprised about maybe in getting into it. You know, it's supposed to be tight, but when you can't get it past your thighs, it's like, how are you going to get this up? And so having to learn how to hang like from a dip bar, yes. uh, or your, my husband hold me and shake me into try to shake it, you know, push me on down. The bench shirt is the, probably the most painful because I mean, it just, you know, tears up the skin, yeah. all of that. That's your and my wound. coach has been really sweet. I mean, he started me out with like in his son's old suits for the for the first meet, and then for Worlds, um, Titan was wonderful and sent new stuff. Wow! And so he ordered probably a size bigger than what he thought I needed, but I still thought it was very very tight <laughs> and hard to get in. And so now I have an even smaller deadlift and. Uh, squat suit so it's been quite a challenge now i'm trying to learn to get to depth again in a suit that tight but like you know sunday was able to squat more than i'd ever squatted before wow ever for two, you know for two reps and so what suit. are the biggest differences when you're like for example squatting what have you found you had to change when it came to your technique you i think with raw with raw i never paid enough attention to all the small things and with the gear, you've got to pay attention to everything and making sure I knew exactly to me. I know exactly when I'm at depth or I think I do depending on the suit. Uh, I, I can tell by feel like I don't have to turn around and look at the coach or look at a video or look at the lights. You can feel it. Um, I don't think I was cognizant enough when I'm lifting raw, did not pay attention to that sort of thing. So I wasn't as consistent raw. Um, and, and you just, <laughs> you got to get used to it with the gear. You don't drink as much because uh, you can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm a big energy drinker. So that's a huge difference for me. Oh, that's so uh, funny. The things you, yeah, because you can't get back. I mean, it'll be a bitch to get back out of it, right? You cannot, you, it does not come down <laughs> once you get it up. You got to finish the deadlift session or squat session with it. That's so crazy. And Kate, so for everybody listening, because the, the, the equipped, the equipment that she's using, the equipped, you know, suits that she's using are, are you using a multiply or a single ply or? It's just US APL has got to be single ply. Okay. So I can't imagine multiply. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So single ply. So even a single ply, it's freaking tight as crap. And just imagine how it is when you're putting on your knee sleeves, take that and then just wrap that around your body and then times it by three. That's probably what it feels like to jump into a gear to I've never but I've been around many people who've had to hang from squat racks in order to get into it. <laughs> it, 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 it I mean it takes 
probably 20 right now it's taking me 20 plus minutes to get in the deadlift or the squat suit completely. that is so crazy and so but i love all the the marks all the, i call them my war wounds yes. i love all that and at pt they're just horrified when they see the different things that it does to your legs and your arms and all that sort of thing yeah because it, it creates almost like pinch bruising in mm-hmm. certain spots because of where it's gonna it grabs onto your body so that's so funny yeah i you know i'm always proud of like when I've like bursted blood vessels in my hands from, you know, straps or, you know, blood vessels in my neck or whatever it may be. But that's funny. Uh, I never thought about it. It's like, these are my war wounds. This right. And so you can see that you can see the bags under my eyes right now, but that's from pressure. And like it even the, the blessed blood vessels from last weekend uh, drained down and you had these yellow bags under your eyes that oh. I don't normally have. <laughs> so I keep all of this uh, once we get into gear. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's commitment right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So you're enjoying the technical aspect. And I think that's a big thing that people forget that, um, people always see if they've never been in gear, I think they think like, Oh, all you're doing is just putting on some suit and it just helps you squat. But there are so many technical things that you need to know with it because of where the suit is going to pull you and push you and where you have to push against it, like you said, just to even get to depth because you're not necessarily where you would think it would be. Right. So you've learned to kind of be very aware of where your depth is, which is, which is crazy. What about with deadlifts? Deadlifts and deadlifts have been very interesting because (laughs) I've since worlds, I've switched to sumo. I never sumoed in my life. Oh, really? Oh, yes. My, the IT band issues, we couldn't, oh, yeah. even with um, massage, PT, we still kept having issues. Yeah. And I said, well, I've never tried this. And so I like learning new stuff. So we've switched to sumo. And then I even sw- had to switch my grip because one of the, uh, my thumb, <laughs> I have one of my thumbs is very disfigured from the RA and it kept dragging and catching on my leg. So we changed my mixed grip the other way. The other and way. Then, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So that that was probably harder to do than learning the sumo. So it's been interesting. Um, we had to get a, you know a sumo deadlift suit. So the the deadlift once I realized to loosen my belt up um, because I was trying to keep the belt at the same point. What I would do when I would if you were Nothing out of a suit there. and yeah. never thought and I was like almost pass out. So now we just move it a notch, move the lever over, and it's gone okay. Wow. It's bench that you know right now in a tighter shirt. What I didn't understand before I'd ever put one on is that you're trying to, it's so hard to get the bar to your chest. <laughs> right. So you're and pulling you're it in, the right? Groove and all that. Right. And, and the, the bar path is m- much different, you know, as it comes down and the where you position your elbows and your lats. So you've had to change all that. So do you, so you normally are training with the gear on then? We've gone back into it. Yes. He trains okay. me so many. We're, we're aiming for, Open nationals in May is what we're hoping my next meet will be. So awesome. it was time to put me back in it. So we started back, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. That's wonderful. Wow. And so I guess maybe for our master's lifters out there, what are some things, maybe some advice that you would give to anybody who is maybe interested or just starting off? Because I would say that we have a lot of women that are just starting to train and they're in their 50s, some of them in their late 40s. Um, is there any advice based off of maybe your experience that you would give? 
I would definitely, if there's a least bit curious, say you, you give it a shot. Um, yeah. I would also say, see if you can find, you know, a, a qualified trainer or someone to help you. Uh, I think that's very important. I, I'm watching people at our gym where we have some of the, the best coaches anywhere. Yeah. Hire someone and not nothing against online because they, those two coaches do online training. But they've got people in the gym, but they're hiring someone, say, in Washington State, when we're sitting here watching their squats thinking, if you tweak this or tweak that or lower the weight, this is too heavy for you. You know, little things like that. Yeah. Uh, so I would say look around if you can find someone local first. I but agree. But I would definitely say reach out to somebody qualified. If you can't find someone local, then definitely try to find someone online that is definitely qualified. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that even I've had people call me um, because I do some online training and when they tell me where they're at and if there are people in their area, I say, you know, I'm just going to tell you, like, I think it's best, especially if you're just starting out to mm -hmm. have somebody who's there who can see you move um, because there's, you know, there is things that you just don't see, like you're talking about, like we can tell that the weight is too heavy or we can tell that you probably should be, you know, sitting on your heels better, whatever it may be. You can't always see that in a video. And I think that that's uh, some great advice as far as, you know, trying to find somebody that's local. Any other things you would give out? Um, I would, there's definitely uh, online groups you can get on, uh, you know, old ladies who lift, if you're one of the older, that can have lots of information and ah. you can ask questions without um, getting, you know, negative comments, that, that sort of thing. Old ladies who lift. Uh, also, <laughs> if you're starting out, I would say read the rule book. <laughs> yeah. As a judge, some of these people doing their first meet, it's like they've never read the rule book. Yeah, that's and, so and true. I, I have so many people and, and there's different, you know, like if you're going to be in USAPL, you're going to have to read theirs compared to mm -hmm. SPF or anything like that. But yeah, I definitely understand where you're, the rules are in the sport. I mean, you're competing, so you should know the rules of the sport. You would do the same thing if it was a basketball game. You would know the rules of the basketball okay. game. <laughs> All right, so this is the part where I ask people who I interview. What the hell is wrong with you people? What the hell was I thinking? Where you think back to a time, and I feel like you would have a good story because you have some extreme things that you've done in your life where you think back and you think, what the hell was I doing, doing this or trying this or drinking this? And we've had a lot of, <laughs> we've had a lot of weird okay. ones out there. So <laughs> can you think of a time? Well, I would say the first time I worked with uh, the guy that's training me now, I mean, he asked, he said, you know, do, would you like to start me, write, start writing your programming and working with you, you know, every weekend. And I, said I was very loyal to where I had come from and I said no even though I knew this person you know world champion multi-time national champion all that sort of thing I wish it I wonder sometimes now if I had just gone on and signed on at that point with him where would I be now you know right. I'm very grateful to where I am but where would I be now because I did some there were some crazy things uh, in the, the pro person that was writing my program, some of the things, and I think sometimes I was getting injured from some of the different crazy moves and things that probably weren't suitable for me to be doing in training. 
right? Because you're just competing. Because you're just competing mm-hmm. in powerlifting. It wasn't like you were crossing over to right. cross CrossFit at that time. Yeah, that's so funny. It that and that is a delicate balance. So, you know, I, there are people who can do it. I've seen a lot of people who can do both, but I think that they're well versed in both, right? So they're they're really knowledgeable about powerlifting and they're really knowledgeable about CrossFit. So they're able to take those two things and make a good program out of it. But sometimes it's hard if you're just kind of dabbling, you know, like if CrossFit's your thing and you're dabbling in the other one. That's interesting. That's a, what the hell was I thinking? Wonder I wonder you'd be I mean, you're pretty damn strong, Kim. So be kind of crazy <laughs> to see where you where you would been. Who knows? Well, but and I'm grateful for where I am. I am that that's yeah. that's one of those things that just nags at me, and that's why I say make sure you you know if you're interested and this is what you want to do, see if you can find somebody qualified to help you. Yeah, get to that point for sure. And it's just so much fun. If there anybody's thinking about doing it, they need to try it out. Just oh, yeah. give it a try because it is such a good experience. Yeah. Well, look at you. I mean, you've had so many great uh, changes in your body. I mean, so many pluses. And now look at you, you're in geared lifting. Nobody's in geared. I think it's going to be the revival. You're going to be part of the uh, the new trend. I, I think there's going to be a ton of people that are going to be in back, back in gear. I personally, I hope so. so. Do you have some good competition? In gear? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kathy Maley's coming on strong and Laura Strum, uh, out of Georgia. Both of them are out of Georgia. Excellent competition. So Ooh, well, I can't we'll see what to... happens at, at Open Nats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see. Well, Kim, thank you so much. This has been awesome and having you on here. 